Hey everyone, welcome to How to Make Your Own Miniatures Game. I am Rick Graham, owner of White Light Media and creator of the Miniatures Game and the Sci-Fi Universe Revelations. You can check out our web store at www.shoprevelations.com. So today we're going to be talking about mercenaries, those lovable guns for hire that excite and delight our imaginations. So firstly, we're going to try to, th this episode is going to be from the standpoint that your miniatures game either has mercenaries, an element of mercenaries, or can or will have mercenaries. So if your game is absolutely never, ever, ever going to have mercenaries, this episode probably doesn't help a whole lot. Um, maybe it'll just give you something to listen to. Maybe give you a, a different insight into another creator's thought process. We'll see. All right. So the first thing you got to kind of consider in, for, for me, what I kind of went through because we have added mercenaries to Revelation Skirmish. And I'll get into a little bit more detail of that later. But for right now, you know, kind of the my main thing when I sat down to create Revelations, the time that I finally made it, because as I mentioned before in previous episodes, I tried multiple times over the years and then finally came back to it and was able to make some uh, actual progress. I always... I don't know if I could say always, but I mean, mercenaries were going to be a part of my thought process. Uh, whether that was bounty hunters, whether that was a mercenary faction or a generic mercenary faction. I knew space pirates was going to be a thing. So they kind of fall into the the mercenary category, depending on who you how you view it. Um, so I always knew that there was going to be something. I didn't know what their level of impact was because my primary thing was developing the main factions, right? That was already extremely overwhelming in itself for me, let alone going and complicating it with mercenaries and other sub-factions. Now I just do that to, to torture myself. But before, you know, that was a big deal. Um, so if you kind of, if maybe you've been open to the idea of adding in mercenaries, I... My first thought would be, are mercenaries integral or very important to your lore, to the universe? Now, some people are going to design a miniatures game with the mindset of, I just want to design this game. This game is just itching in my head and I got to get that out. I always knew I wanted a game, but I had to start with the lore in the universe first because for me, there had to be a strong why for why they were fighting. Plus, I really want to tell stories. So the game is a way to facilitate those stories and to experience those stories more in the real world. But at the end of the day, the stories, the characters, the plots, the hidden agendas, that's what really pushes Revelations as a universe. Then the game kind of comes along and just adds to it. It's a supplement. Yours may be vice, you know, maybe backwards of mine. Um, so maybe you haven't really thought of mercenaries before, or maybe they would be really important. Maybe one of the main characters or the main characters originate from some sort of mercenary force. That's perfectly fine. Um, for me, they weren't developed that way at first. And that kind of came through progression and development elsewhere. So you need to know how will adding mercenaries affect your lore in my opinion that's where i would start and if it's like look rick they're going to be putting in or i'm going to be putting in mercenaries at some point into my game so is it you know is it a good idea to put them in the beginning and i would say it depends if you're coming at it from a lore perspective how important are your mercenaries for revelations 
The primary focus was on developing main factions first because those main factions are much larger militaries. That's where a lot of the main stories are going to happen. You know, so when I sat down to write or to design Revelation Skirmish as a game, I knew I had to have the core Republic because that's the primary nation where most of the stuff either originates in or originates out of. Um, so they are super important. From there, I, I picked one other faction. I went with the Union of Stars because the Union of Stars, I felt was comparable enough to the to the Republic in terms of technology, military might, um, that they were going to be comparable, but their fighting styles would be different. The stats would be different. The models would be very aesthetically different, but it was at least uh, comparable. I wouldn't want to start a miniatures game. And honestly, I think game companies like Games Workshop get this wrong. They design starter kits where both of the factions in there feel distinctly very different. And, and a lot of times, in my opinion, one, and now I'm not as versed in Warhammer 40k as, as you know other players are, but from my experience dabbling in it, you'll have one faction that just wrecks the other one. And if that's your very first introduction to a game, that's a terrible way to start. You want to start feeling fairly balanced. And then you can introduce other factions that maybe are not sold in your starter kits, or maybe they're just a supplement or an add-on or an expansion. And those are more wonky. Maybe they're you know, more fast attack, but they got lower defense, or they're super high defense, but maybe low health, or or they carry just all the weapons, all the DACA that they possibly can, but then their save value or their health pool isn't very good because they throw everything into damage. If you start the game with these really wonky things, unless you have multiple factions to start with, I think that's probably a bad idea. And mercenaries, in my opinion, kind of run... If, if, you, if you set all of your factions on the table, mercenaries should somehow run right down the middle. And we'll kind of get into that. But that, to me, is what mercenaries are. They, are, they can be... A, a mixture or they can be um elite they can be very weak they they can be like anything you need them to be they're not really restricted to the box that i have to for example have to put the core republican i put them i built a box for the republic and now they're going to stay in that box the mercenaries though don't have a box really, or their box is much larger and I can be much more diverse with stats or I can be much more creative with hero abilities or um, unit selection, you know, all of that. So once you've kind of figured out how do mercenaries affect your lore, and I would say for probably a lot of us, if we have primary factions, we probably should lead with two or three of those primary factions first, then look at adding in mercenaries. Now, one of the big benefits of mercenaries is people love mercenaries. I don't know what it is. I think it's just the excitement of being able to be this bounty hunter roaming the universe or this gun for hire that goes on these really exciting missions. And then, you know, it's this kind of semi-dark character that can go and do, you know, really good things. And, and they're outside the law and they're outside of, you know, just it's kind of exciting in a way to think about this this individual or group of individuals that can go and do these incredibly heroic things. But at the end of the day, you know, they're not beholden to um, 
whatever box that they may be in, in, in the lore or in the universe, whatever structure that you have for primary nations. We know in the real world, mercenaries are generally not looked on very favorably, um, which is very odd to me because they achieve the same sort of job as they do in sci-fi and in fantasy. But for whatever reason, we, we add a mythical sense to it. So yeah, we know there are bad bounty hunters, for example, in Star Wars, there's plenty of bad bounty hunters. But then we see recently the book of Boba Fett was released and we can finally see that Boba Fett, um, even, even if some people complain about it, he's not as heartless as what we were led to believe. There is a warmer and a softer side to him, more of a, um, you know, and, and granted they're taking him through a growth and some people hate that. But nonetheless, as far as, you know, it's now canon that he longs for something more than just going around and catching bad guys and, and, and blasting people for, for money. There is something that is attractive to that mentality for, I think, a lot of people. Um, so I think in miniature games, it's not really any different. You know, these guys go out on these really super exciting missions. They're out doing, you know, they, it could be super death defying or it can be all these things. And I, I imagine you've been around sci-fi universes. You get that. But we're wearing the hat of a creator and a business person, right? So we have to look at things from that perspective, not just whether it's exciting for us, but how can we utilize that for our game's benefit? Uh, and I know some people might be thinking, well, Rick, that sounds a little manipulative. I, I don't see that it is. I'm, I'm providing something that people want. I know that people wanted me to add mercenaries to Revelation Skirmish, so that's what I did. Um, before we go there, let's discuss from a business or a creative or a design aspect, what are the pros of mercenary units in your game or potential pros? For me, I would first see it as you can reuse models. So if you go, let's say you're making primary faction A and primary faction B, those are probably going to require brand new models. But if you go and you make mercenaries, now you can reuse those models, give them, you know, maybe some different stats, maybe even the same stats. And now a player can mix factions, basically. Another big pro in my mind is that you can create new variants. And I did that with a uh, main sub-faction of mercenaries that I'm creating called Blood Wolves. So, um... Blood Wolves are going to be, you know, this really important mercenary unit. I say important. There's many things that are important revelations, but they are going to play a part in the a bigger scheme of things at times. And, you know, they, I am thinking at the, the time of recording this, they might only be a few months old. Um, I went through and I wrote this big document of, 50 mercenary units that I wanted to officially name in revelations. Cause I was going to work on a, a PDF supplement that was going to cover just like generic. And you know, I say generic, they're, they're official mercenary units because we were creating the mercenaries and I wanted to be able to give players something to aim toward. And this came several months after I did that document, I came up with the idea of blood wolves and now I'm, morphing them into something and building them into something that actually is going to be very important, but they weren't necessarily, and actually I'll just admit they were not part of my 
thinking when I designed Revelation Skirmish or the Revelations universe. But now I'm super excited about them. And that's one of the cool things sometimes. Um, I don't know if fans or readers or, or players of your game may understand this, but I would think as creative people, um, we might. If you have any experience as a creative individual, I think you will. And if you're brand new, I think you will get it as you spend more time here. But we don't have all the answers when we sit down to create some of this stuff, especially when we're creating a vast universe of hundreds of planets. Even if you were designing the lore for one individual world, I think you will find that you could go on and on and on creating for many years you know, and, and unless you're one of those hyper creative people, I met a guy who could just like just rattle off all kinds of lore for something that didn't exist. And it sounded like he had been working on this for months. He's one of those people that just he can just fire things off. I'm not one of those people. I take a lot more deliberate thought and a lot more. Uh, I need to take breaks from things and then I'll come back months later on that type of project or coming up with a new idea. And then I'm like, wow, this would be a really cool thing to add into Revelations. It's not all thought out all the way completely. Um, I have ideas of things I want to move forward with, but sometimes something new like blood wolves comes up and I'm like, all right, move aside other thing. It's time for to <laughs> make the, the blood wolves, a, a, a important element now. Um, another thing that's a pro besides the variants, uh, is, uh, you know, it allows you to create a new faction that basically just needs new stats. I mentioned earlier that you can reuse models, but I mean, when you go, when you start thinking about it, I took Revelation Skirmish and I brought the mercenaries in, I believe, right around the time that I did the third main faction, Orca. And I did it so that, one, it made players happy because they, you know, they, they, they wanted that, but I was able to reuse models and I was able to create an entire new faction with a whole catalog, with the biggest catalog, really, of models. And all I did was have to add new stats. So that, that allowed me to create an entirely new faction that will play and give players different ways to build things for basically just some time. It didn't require almost any money because, you know, that, that's just what it was. With Blood Wolves, I'm investing more money in developing concept art for characters, getting a new illustration made. Um, I'm spending more time trying to develop professional looking or at least semi-professional it's my standard semi-professional uh painted pictures that i can try to use as promotional images and that stuff's really starting to get some new life into revelation skirmish and it's making me flipping pumped because not only is it something i'm excited about i'm actually seeing people be excited with me and that's a fantastic phenomenal feeling that um you know i wish all creators could experience Another pro of mercenary units is that you have limitless. I mean, like, like the sky's the limit, I think, in terms of lore ideas and campaign possibilities and just the, uh, the expansion that comes with adding mercenaries to your universe is huge, both from lore and story aspect, from... Um, reusing models and, and, and the marketability of, of allowing players to pick and choose what they want to use. Um, and then, you know, to build their forces and then campaign possibilities and PDF supplements and, and all kinds of other stuff that you can do. It gives you, I, I would look at it as it's a multiplier 
to all of the main factions. So while your main factions, you know, they're they're probably the bread and butter, right? They're probably your main reason for making your story and making your universe, unless you're focused on mercenaries. And so those primary factions probably get a lot of love, but they take a lot of time to develop. Mercenaries allows you to add something in relatively cheap or free, depending on how you do it, and it gives you a lot. Now, we talked a lot about the pros. What are the cons? In my opinion, I don't really see there being any other than other than you really need to be mindful of your game's balance. Mercenaries could mess things up really bad if you're not careful and thoughtful about the way that you're um, going to apply them into your game and into your universe. So much so in the universe, I don't really think it'll be a problem because it's just text, it's just the novels, just the stories, it's the fiction and the lore. They can't really affect anything negatively there, but it's definitely going to be more of a con that you need to be aware of in um, the game balance specifically. Yeah, you know. Um, are mercenaries always a good idea? I mean, I can't answer that 100% for you because that depends on your lore, your universe, and your game. I don't know how badly they're going to shake things up. I mean, like if you played a classic game like Risk, technically none of the players are mercenaries. They're all just individual nations, we can assume. Um, if one was a mercenary and had some access to something different than any of the other players, it would seem really weird. But uh, they don't. They're all the exact same. In your miniatures game, allowing players to have access to the entire catalog, or maybe let's say most of the catalog of your models, could throw things off in terms of balance. So let's discuss now, because I kind of alluded to it uh, you know, a couple of times, why did I create Mercenaries for Revelation Skirmish? Um, being totally honest... Probably the main driving factor that kind of kicked me into gear to try to make them expedited and make them sooner was that players were asking for it. Um, I, I don't believe that the customer is always right. And if you've ever worked retail or in the food industry, you'll know what I'm talking about. But at the same time, you're a fool if you don't pay attention to what your community and what your customers are saying. You do need to balance that. When I, I wasn't really ready to add mercenaries, but when I started to realize, well, wait a second, all I got to do is add some new stats and then players will be able to play them. Then it doesn't really hurt me. And, and then it became exciting because then I'm like, wow, I could have this whole other faction for almost no work in comparison to the development process that it takes for me to make a new core Republic or a union of stars or an ethereal mech or tank or infantry. Comparatively speaking, I can just do whatever. Now I did have to invest. Um, I did another round of, uh, of a major update to my stats website, revelationswar.com because I wanted to make making the stats easier. So now on the back end, I have a way to duplicate stats because before I had to add or, um, enter every single stat, now I can go through and like, oh, it's the Sierra. I wanna make a veteran version of the Sierra for the Republic. I can click duplicate, add the changes to the stats and save it. And it, and it saves me lots of time and frustration and helps me to be more accurate with the stats because I'm not having to look between two monitors to try to make sure I'm copying the stats the way that I need to. Um, 
but that was expensive. That was a very expensive update. And one of the, there was a couple of other changes that I made in terms of the way that the lists were printed um, and such, but there was a, an aspect that was added for sub factions. And those sub factions were going to be good for Orca, my third major faction, and was also going to be beneficial to mercenaries. Because what I wanted to do is when players go to build their list, now granted, you may not have a stats website, you may never want a stats website, maybe you don't have the money for one right now, but I'm just explaining my thought process. I wanted players to be able to go to my site, click mercenaries for their faction to build their list, and then there to be um, underneath that sub factions so that way if they wanted to play generic mercenaries and they don't care um, they can that way that can be their own special mercenary unit because one thing that you will find and you probably already know this if you're an experienced miniature player some people love to use official units some people love to create their own units and not necessarily in terms of units as in stats units as in their their force whether that's a a a, a company or a battalion a regiment some people yeah some people move up to regiment sized miniature collections it's crazy um it's great if you're the creator but as far as um copying you know making a regiment for all of your forces that's just maybe hundreds or thousands of miniatures so that's just that adds up really fast um and painting oh my goodness um but I wanted people to be able to pick the sub-factions. So that way I could add in sub-factions like Blood Wolves. So that would allow players to pick mercenary units, generic ones, and to still be able to pick uh, Blood Wolf-specific units. So like when I mentioned earlier, I created some new variants that are going to be used specifically for Blood Wolves. Right now they're going to be Blood Wolf exclusive. So I wanted to be able to make them available for them. Um, later, I'm going to create other mercenary sub-factions. Uh, some I already have named. I just have to kind of flesh out and give them time to really blossom on their own. But I'll be able to add these other new sub-factions in right onto the stats website, and then players can pick right from there. I feel that that is a benefit to players. But that was an expensive investment of, of time and money in order to get that website to where it is. But people were asking for mercenaries um you know there definitely needs to be a a as i mentioned the customer is not always right but you need to pay attention to what they say um sometimes i've had things and i I'm, i may have mentioned this as a different story before um i have created models or pursued lore creation that cost me time and money or pursued other things that um i that people were saying they wanted and that they would pay for then i did it went through all the trouble of of, of doing it and then they didn't other people may have bought it but those people the ones that got me going on that project didn't support it when it finally was finished so while i think mercenaries was a good idea to add to Revelation Skirmish. And I do think it's a good idea for you to consider for your universe. You need to vet that. You need to really measure that against all the other plans that you have. Um, and and things can change. I've, I've had to change my plans around. Sometimes the money didn't come in that I needed to invest or I got more money than what I thought I would, like from when I did a Kickstarter. 
Um, and then I'm like, okay, now we have more money to mess to, to invest with and mess around with to figure out what we're going to do. Can we do bigger projects or more projects than what we thought? So that changes the plans too. Um, you just need to, you, you need to make good decisions on how you're going to move forward as best you can and use your own wisdom and try, you know, it's not a bad idea to ask, um, would I ask my community in a direct way, are you actually going to buy it? No, I, I don't think that's a good way because it comes off kind of um, the wrong way, in my opinion. What I would recommend instead is trying to come up with a more creative and um, diplomatic way of asking or being able to use different word games. Now, some people may notice <laughs> if they start paying attention to my posts they might notice where I, I've, I've tried to implement that. But basically, I, I don't see anything wrong with trying to really determine, are people going to buy this particular model I want to make? Or are they going to buy this PDF or this novel I'm going to go write? Um, or merch or you name it. You can come up with any type of new product or service that you may want to offer. And I don't think it's a bad thing to, to really vet it and make sure that it's actually going to be either profitable or make its money back. What you don't want to do is be super direct and be like, hey, I only can do this if someone's going to put $100 on the table right now. You know, you don't want to be like that. Um, I'm trying to think of a better creative solution at the moment. Um, you could do a variety of polls. So you could ask players, um, and I did this recently, actually, for, for Revelation Skirmish. I was on in my Discord community because that's the most active community I have. I made a poll of a list of different things, and I asked people to vote multiple times on what, you know, on only on once for each thing because Discord only let you. Um, but I was like, hey, vote on all the things that you want, and then that would help me to kind of guide my thought process. So... I did things like new models, new novels, um, a new faction for the game, merch, um, you know, gameplay videos, all kinds of new stuff, new, new lore supplements, campaign PDFs, stuff like that. The thing that got the most was obviously models. Models is, is pretty surprising, not surprising. It's, it's not surprising that that would be the thing because as miniature gamers, what is probably the thing that gets us most excited about the game? It's usually the models. Yes, we love the lore. Yes, we love new rules. Yes, we love new factions. But at the end of the day, we still want new models because that's kind of, you know, why we're doing this and we're not just doing RPGs or something where, you know, there's nothing tangible. It's just, uh, you know, verbal or text instead of something like, you know, a new shiny spade. Um, it's... Um, it's a good way to be able to get some information, but at the same time, I know in the back of my head, yes, new models got voted on the most, but so did merch. Merch got voted on way more than I thought it would. Um, rule set for a Revelations Battalion got quite a few votes. I'm very surprised it got so many votes, mainly because I've revelation skirmish was meant to be revelations battalion that was actually what i don't know if i was going to call it that 100 percent, but that that was the scale that i was going to go for and then we downsized it to make it more accessible for more people at home most people have a three by three space 
and you needed less models. So it was less financial uh, risk for people to get into a new game they never played. So Battalion is still where I got my eyes. I still want to go in that direction, but I haven't invested the time to really design the rule set. It's going to be extremely close to Revelation Skirmish. I have to make some tweaks, but it will still take hours and hours and hours to, to really flesh that out and design it and then to go through of writing the rules and editing the rules um, and then doing all the promotion that goes with launching a new game. Even though it's going to be more of a supplement and in addition to the base game, it's still going to require a lot of effort um, to, to get that going. So I've been hesitant because, in my opinion, I haven't sold yet enough of Revelation Skirmish and seen enough people playing Skirmish to think, oh, you know, because in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, um, if people aren't playing the version of the game that's faster and easier, are they really going to play the game that's three times as big in a number of units per side? So, but I'm also very self-critical and I'm also, um, I don't want to say I'm not pessimistic. Some people think that I am. I don't think I am. I'm just realistic. And I think I've talked about that before on this podcast, but I, I, I just want to be careful because I've gotten hurt before by getting super excited about something, investing lots of time into it and then launching it. And then it's like a ghost town and there's, it's like soul crushing because you're so excited and you, and you're using that enthusiasm and just like when you're not wanting to do it, you're like, but people really want this. So you push yourself and then you get to the top of the mountain and there's nobody there. And you're like, this sucks. I did this because so tying this back to the mercenary idea i knew that creating the mercenaries and allowing them to be in the game was going to be relatively free at least in the beginning when i was launching them um but at the same time i i knew that i couldn't be too upset if adding them wasn't going to do what i ultimately wanted which was create more sales and more enthusiasm for the game um, the sales are fantastic, but I know that the primary thing that will change Revelation Skirmish into a major game will be people playing it. So yes, I need the sales in order to grow and to continue, but more than that, I need people excited. I need a fired up community. And if creating mercenaries was going to get them excited and it really wasn't going to be a burden for me to do, it felt silly not to do it. So while I wanted to wait until, I don't know, four or five, six factions in of main factions and then bring mercenaries, I was like, look, people are asking for it and it's not going to cost much but some time. So let's let's just do it. Um, at the end of the day, some people might be wondering, did it really move the needle for you? Did it really you know grow your players or get them to paint more or uh, get more battle reports or get more sales? It hasn't. Being totally frank, it hasn't been this big boon to my business that I was kind of hoping it was going to be, but it's one more accomplishment. It's one more, you know, and then I can say when I do promotional stuff, we have three major factions and we have mercenaries with a fourth major faction on the way. That sounds pretty dang impressive when really I didn't do, you know, to make that mercenaries a faction wasn't really much. So it adds extra, you know, arrows for you to use for promoting your brand and promoting your business and your game. Um, but you don't want to do it just because to just be able to check the box off. You're like, yeah, we got mercenary forces. 
I, I think you should think about it and, and implement it when it is, when it is uh, the right time. I will say if I could do it again, like if we, let's say I just go back in time but with the knowledge that I have, I would do a better job of more quickly getting stats up and more quickly promoting the mercenaries through images. I, you know, like a lot of us, 2020 was a very rough year in terms of like, you know, I, I spent, um, I don't even remember how much time I spent home for my main client. Normally I would, I go to uh, my main client three days a week. I can't even remember how much time I was home. It, it wasn't too terribly long, but it was long enough that I don't remember. Um, and I wasn't even as creative in that time as I wanted to be. And then I look back on 2021 and I'm like, what the heck happened in 2021? I didn't get as much done as I wanted to. And in that time was when mercenaries were launching and I didn't really do a big, big push like I'm doing with the Blood Wolves. The Blood Wolves is a different thing. Yes, they're a sub-faction, but I'm treating them and promoting them like they're a pretty big dang deal. Because to me, they are. So I get excited. I get fired up. I'm trying new and bigger and better promotional tactics. And, and it's not even like these big things that are shiny and no one else can copy. If you go and you look at my Blood Wolves promotional images on Facebook or Instagram or Discord, you'll see you know, a, a pretty decently painted model, a pretty decently based model, because I try to spend a lot of time working on the bases, because there's nothing like having a beautiful model and then a sucky base. It just ruins it. Um, then you'll notice I got a uh, a kind of a, a, a worn gray looking backdrop that I use, and I use two lights. A colored light, it's an LED light that I can change the color. So I changed it to red because there's red not only on the bases of the models, but also there's red stripes on the Blood Wolves. So I was like, okay, the red is a really nice accent color. I'm on a gray backdrop and I've got white and gray as the primary colors of my mech. Okay, so we'll put that on there. We got the red light. And then I just use a small desk lamp light. That's just a white bulb, white LED bulb to shine on the front of the mech and then I take the picture and it looks phenomenal. And then I also brand it with a, a new logo image that I paid for back in 2021. And the models, they, they look pretty professional. I'm getting so many compliments, compliments from people I wouldn't necessarily expect to. And I'm like, this is phenomenal. It wasn't really that much extra work. Yeah. I spent more time painting, but now I have a series of images that are all color scheme for blood wolves and it's generating interest. But I had to invest the time in the models, into the bases, start playing around a bit with lighting and, and with my backdrop and my images. But I'm not doing anything that none of you can copy. Everything I'm doing so far with the Blood Wolves, you could copy. If you have your own models, that's the most expensive and hardest thing to do. The painting, I am not doing anything special. Nothing special. Anybody could copy what I'm doing. It's just putting in the effort to do it. The lighting is super freaking simple. The images, it's a, it's just with a, a, a ordinary digital camera. The branding, I paid someone on Fiverr to design it. These are things that you guys could copy. And it changes people's perception of your game. And that's not just, don't just apply those thoughts to mercenaries. This would apply to the main factions, which I'm going to be doing. Blood Wolves is getting the, 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 
the big thing right now, but then I'm going to be focusing on the Union of Stars. And then um, in the next quarter, I'm going to be focusing on Ethereal and Core Republic. And then after that, you know, then I've got another plan for quarter three and quarter four. Hopefully in quarter four, we're going to be launching our fourth major faction. That, you know, all of this, I'm seeing growth and movement and life and a heartbeat again. I had lost just about, I feel, I'm very critical. I felt like I probably lost just about all the momentum that I had generated from the Kickstarter and from when I launched my game in um, 2020. And um, just because it's it's hard to wear all these hats. Um, and I know this isn't necessarily just talk about mercenaries. It's kind of mixing in some other topics. But I mean, it's kind of all together. Because there's no point in adding mercenaries if you're not going to give them a really fair shake. They need to be treated as another main faction. But it's a benefit to you as the creator and the business person that you didn't have to go buy all new models. Or if you're a modeler that can also create a game, you didn't have to spend, what, hundreds of hours designing new models, testing all these new prints, putting all these new supports if you're doing 3D printing. That's a lot of work. It is tons of work. But instead, you can just repurpose things, make some new variants, combining old parts. And mercenaries, they, they can get away with anything. And later, I am considering adding in some space pirates, um, some weaker um mercenary forces and um i'm excited about it because it it'll be something that i can add and just kind of maybe do some minor changes to the models themselves i could pay someone to 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 add some new griblies or some you know new weapon attachment for much less than designing a whole new model and that gives me something that my players can be very familiar with because it's a familiar model but it's different so in universe, it makes sense because space pirates and these mercenaries are, you know, having to, if they're uh, uh, maybe less financially blessed, they can, you know, build something and kind of cobble things together. And, and they might have like a Frankenstein Sierra or something, but it works because in universe, it makes sense in the game. It makes sense. And it costs you much less money to develop. I think it is it is critical, especially with the way that the world is right now, that we are very inventive and imaginative to take advantage of adding new things without it making us broke or without us having to take on debt. You know, being creative, it's kind of like, you know, you're looking at... Um, an object from one perspective and you get up and you walk across the room and it changes so much of your perception of it, but you didn't really have to do anything but move. We have to look for those opportunities to do a little bit. And it really is a big deal. I think mercenaries is that. And I think that, you know, as you develop your main game, get the main factions, maybe at least the main two or three established then look at mercenaries coming in. And it wouldn't be a bad idea, in my opinion, it's not a bad idea to already start seeding the ground with lore or if you want to write some short stories or get some character art to kind of insinuate that mercenaries, maybe they are a big deal in your in your universe, but you're just not there to release them yet. No different than you have other main factions, but you're not ready to release them yet, right? Same kind of thing. 
I think that's probably about as much as I can share at this moment. Uh, I can't really think of any more points to make. Um, I appreciate you guys listening to this podcast, um, supporting and, you know, just, just kind of being here to listen to me ramble. Um, I try not to ramble, just listen to me share ideas. I hope that this episode was helpful for you. I know we kind of jumped around a bit with different thoughts and ideas, but I appreciate you guys listening. All right. Talk to you guys later. Bye.